Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year. Fierce, independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep radical voices and issues on the airwaves. The 3CR Radiothon kicks off in June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. Call the station on 03 9419 8377 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during business hours. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program will be podcast if our producer, Kelly Whitworth, feels up to it. Do you feel up to... Always. Yeah, I know. It's so professional, the side. It makes me sick to think that... <laughs> sick you... with jealousy. No, I'm just sick, the fact that you're just so talented. I know. It's jealousy. Uh, That's uh, what I, I really said. F- no, no. I, f- I feel sad for you that you're stuck with me. You could be... You <laughs> could true. be a TikTok sensation. <laughs> you could be... How do you know I'm not? Well, I don't look at TikTok. <laughs> well, I would expect screaming fans outside. and When you leave, then they all come. <laughs> in, uh, and does the chauffeur bring up your Lamborghini? No. That's a bit passe, no. isn't right. it? Yeah, well, yeah. Look, we've got a great guest, Brett Collins, from all the way from the House of Sin, or the City of Sin, Sydney town. Hello, Brett. Oh, g'day, Joe. Well, of course, it's a sinful, sinful area here. I'm doing my best to maintain the standards. Yeah, what, what suburb are you living? Are you talking I'm from? living in Glebe, actually. Oh, not bloody Glebe! I got so many beautiful yeah. memories about Glebe. 1970, 71, 72. What year were you born? 
46, would you believe? 46, and you're still yes. breathing. And running strong. Don't worry about that. Warming that, up, actually. That's, that's, I can't believe it. Now, look, we're going to do, I'm going to do something very bad now. We've been having a radio phone, and uh, next week we're going to give away two gifts, gifts from local, independent, family-owned businesses. So uh, all those people who donated to the 3CR radio phone, so we got our target. Uh, thank you very much. But next week, Kelly Whitworth, the world's second greatest producer and TikTok sensation, will announce the winners. What are the prizes? We've got a lovely bottle of wine from Ara. Next door. Next door, who do fancy wines and nice foods. And then yeah. across the road, there's a, a joint called Stick It, and they do mm. beautiful salads and, and hot chips and things that you can put onto like a skewer. They do to like tofu they do, they do and they meat. meat yeah. Nice foods, nice salads. And yeah. $50 so voucher. $50 voucher from Extraordinary. them. Extraordinary. Can we, can we steal that or do we have to give it away? Oh, we'll just buy something. We oh. do every week anyway. All oh, right. Okay. So. Sorry about that. You've been. It's, it's, it, that was an advertisement for the program. Sorry, Brett. <laughs> Are you still there, Brett? Yeah, for sure I am. It sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah. Well, you guys are having fun there, aren't you? We yeah, always have always. fun. This is an A <laughs> production. This is not the government guild at ABC or the corporate-owned media. This is Community Radio 3CR. We always have fun. And if we don't Yay. have fun, we take drugs. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Oh. I'm just making that up. So you're born in 46. Where were you born? Yeah, born in, in, in New Zealand in a place called Narawahia, which is out in the bush. So, um, but I've been here for uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. We've got 56 minutes, no ads, no advertising. <laughs> so, give me a break, all right? So, North or South Island? North Island. North Island. How far north? Uh, well, it's about a little bit um, south of, of Auckland. Uh, right. Auckland. A, little, a little town there. I was, look, I left there at the age of five. I've been over here since the age of 21. So, oh, hang, uh, on, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop interrupting the guests. No, Joe. look, he wants he doesn't want us to learn about his early life. That's what I'm interested. <laughs> He's trying in. to hide it. Isn't He's he? trying to hide. He said, "Oh, yeah, I was there until the age of five, and then I came to Australia when I was 21." As if that's enough. <laughs> you got any early childhood memories? Yeah, absolutely. Because all my friends, you know, it's a, it was some, you know, it was a big um, a movement out of out of New Zealand. But then I was, a, I'm one of those rascals, as I say, at the age of, um, at, um, sorry, let me just turn this off. At the age of um, 76 now, um, you guys are shocked to hear that um, a guy at 76 has still got spirit. But um, you know that's not the way it works in reality. Right. Some people, some people are always always rascals. So at the age of uh, uh, 15 or 16, I went to uh, to a, 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 a what's called a borsal in New Zealand. So that's a youth training centre, is that correct? That's, well, it's like that. They called it a borsal in New Zealand. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, the old English UK. name. What that's what it. bad thing did you do? Can you tell us? Well, or you prefer you know, to forget? Partying in a, in, a, in a field with a whole lot of mates, and there was a crop dusting plane there, and we, we just raced along and... Um, and uh, did some damage in the process of trying to make it fly, which it wasn't going to do. Yeah. And um, and they reckoned that that was willful damage. And I ended up getting a, a sentence of naught to two, as they used to call it there. And yeah. I spent nine months yeah. as a as a kid amongst all the Maori boys, yeah. and um, and learnt and learnt that uh, uh, what it was like to be in a cell, and so uh, and to learnt um, a few naughty tricks, which I carried on. Right. Um, well, all right. Let's get back. Let's get back to how many how much time did you spend in the ball store? 
nine months in Borstal. Borstal, and uh, what was yeah. that like? Yeah, that's right, and it was enough enough to give a have a smell of the uh, what it's like to be in um, in a in a uh, uh, in a dungeon, you know, right. black cells and things, yeah. all that sort of stuff, scrubbing yeah. scrubbing floors with um, on your hands and knees and right. that sort of stuff. So, so yeah. you know, typical um, old style, uh, uh, you know, penitentiary style. And yeah. then and then I thought I thought I'll come to Australia and um, put all that behind me. So I, I, all right, let's go, let's go back yeah. a bit. Let's go back a bit. Let's go back a bit to New Zealand. Um, were your parents born in New Zealand? Uh, no, they weren't. No. Where mother, did they come mother, from? Uh, mother. Um, well, actually, so it's from Scottish Scotland originally. And my father came out of Poland just after, right. after just before the Second World War. Actually, so right. it was all um, part of that wash. Right. And so I, I came from middle class family. Actually, so yeah. you know, I was one of four kids, and I was the, I was the naughty boy. Always was, and always will be. You know, just yeah, like well, you guys. Why do you think you were the naughty boy? Well, you know, too respectable a family, I, th- I suspect. You know, my mm. brother was a high flyer, and my sisters were all very compliant, and um, and so someone had to misbehave. Mm. So I had a ran a double life all the time. I found it much more exciting, and not that I had to do anything really naughty, but I just I found it was much more exciting to do challenging things than it was to sit and um, and sort of fit into the system. You know, I'm I'm very pleased that you went to Ballstool for nine months. You want to know uh, why? Because if you got that plane off the ground, I wouldn't be talking to you, mate. I think you'd have trouble <laughs> landing it. <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> so there was, there's always a silver lining to every cloud. <laughs> yes, that's right, absolutely. Well, good experience as well. You know, you, you have a chance to also to, um, to and, um, um, have... How other other people around you who are yeah. interesting characters? You know, there's yeah. um, yeah. it's always they become distilled into places, become um, in in whether it's brothels or prisons. So you have a whole range of um, of characters who are um, right. either rejected by their community or um, you know who yeah. run foul of the law, who um, don't fit into the constraints of the um, whether the other people accept. Yeah. And that's um, they're always an interesting crew. I found right. um, they were never boring times around. Yeah. So when you're, when you're in the Borstal, was it uh, a little bit like our jails here that uh, First Nations people were the, the majority of prisoners? Oh, look, yeah, absolutely. No, Maori boys were all around me. There, there were um, not too many what they call Pākehās, um, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, the, the, um, and, and that continues. In fact, I was back in New Zealand only um, a matter of well, maybe four or five months ago right. and spent some time um, with people who are, you know, who are doing the time who in gangs and um, right. you know, groups of Maori boys, um, you know, still the fe- same feisty crew, and, yeah. um, and um, it's the same. It's the uh, Maori boys everywhere. They're, right. they're just right. part, of, part of these uh, part of the system. Part of the yeah. system. So you would have come across to Australia, what, in 65, 66? Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's right. About 65, 65 yeah. 66. That's yeah, right. yeah, I did do mathematics at school, and you told me you were 21 <laughs> when you came here. So it's nothing magic about me knowing that. I haven't actually been, you know, following your story because, no. see, I'm a very lazy interviewer. I do no research whatsoever because that leads us into f- very interesting parts of your life. Otherwise, yeah. I'd be asking you boring questions like, how old are you? Where were you born? I think I'd ask those boring <laughs> questions. <laughs> so... How come we let criminals into Australia in 1965? What's going on here, mate? Right. Well, no, I came in. I came in as a university student, actually. So, uh, uh, no, hang on, hang on. You're in Boston when you're in New Zealand when you're 15, 16. You get out at 16, 17. So, what happens between 16, 17 to 21 in New Zealand that you kind of come here as a university student? What did you yeah, do? Did you, been, did you straighten up or yeah. something? 
Well, not quite like that. I actually, before I went to Warsaw, would you believe that I was already a university student? In fact, I was a medical student. What, at so 15? <laughs> they, they kicked me out, that's right, they kicked me out of school, would you believe, at the age of 16. I went straight through to medical school because I had, didn't have the, um, they either, um, they were, I, I was, uh, I was, I was told to get out of school, expelled effectively, mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, so I then had the choice of going either to university or something else, and um, they accepted me into medical school because I had a, I had good enough um, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, marks, and so I was there for two years, yeah. um, and then after that, then I, I had that party that uh, got me into Borsal. Yeah. When I came out again, I went back to university. I was uh, So I came in as a middle-class student. So did you go back came, to medical school? I, no, I didn't. I went back. I started doing psychology and, right. and science. Right. So, so, you yeah. realise you that you escaped a bullet. I've been a doctor for 47 years, and uh, <laughs> if I'd been expelled in my second year or stopped then, I think I would have made the right decision. So... Once again, a silver lining to a bad, you know, a dark cloud. You know, you leave yeah. medical school, you do psychology. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's right. I had my, my brother was actually a hard worker. He went on to um, to do all that medical stuff. Did he? And did he? Did he specialise yeah. in any particular field? Yes, he did. He was an eye surgeon. Right, just Ooh, retired and uh, right. made heaps of money. So he was. It was yeah. always nice to have my brother there when when I did the uh, I did my uh, uh, sentence. Um, you know, seventeen year seventeen year sentence. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We haven't. We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> haven't got to that yet. <laughs> no. First of all, you tell me you got nine months. Now you're telling me seventeen years. All right, we, we're going to fill. We're going to have to fill up this gap. So you get to Australia. You're 21. Where do you yeah. go to university? I or Sydney University. I was oh in my Sydney God, University. a sandstone yeah. university. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And at that stage, I'd moved across. I started, decided I'd start cleanly because I had that history. I thought, oh, let's put that beside behind me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I effectively started again, right? I um, became a, a mining engineering student, would you believe? And so, so you went from medicine to psychology to mining engineering. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. F- following <laughs> the buck, the big money. Yeah. That's right. Well, no, more interest actually at that stage. I thought that it was um, interesting to um, yeah. learn a bit about. Uh, the, um, I, I married this young young um, woman, and she was <laughs> from the farm. And I went, yeah, that's good. And um, so I, I I was really following um, you know, earthy things, and uh, yeah. and so so she and I were embarked on a, um, a fun life together. And, right. Um, and then suddenly, suddenly, um, I, I decided I'd do something a bit more exciting. It was. Uh, Excuse it was, me. You're married. You've got a nice young wife. You're going to yep. university. You're yep. doing a degree. You're at a, sand, yep. a prestigious university, <laughs> a sandstone university. You've escaped your past. Yep. You've been. We accept you, although you're from New Zealand. Huh. Um, what's going on, mate? What made <laughs> What made you turn? Yeah. Um, I, look, I, I probably I, look. I like the challenge, and I like to challenge. Be, uh, yeah, that's right. I, I found all the other wasn't really uh, enough, and I I just wanted to be. So, sex, to drugs, back. and rock and roll wasn't enough for you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You know, but, uh, anyway, look, it's, I just I just um, I was always pushing things, and I thought it was a smarty too, and I couldn't help myself. I thought I was. Um, you were things. smarter than the state. 
Yeah, so I take it on. I could get away with a little bit of rubbish. So, so I learned learned some some bad habits while I was uh, like in what? hospital as well. Like well, what? you know, you know, not um, having much respect for um, for you know cars or motorbikes or things like that. They they it was surprising how easy it was at that stage to um, to you know help yourself and. Well, um, anybody could help themselves in those days. You just knew what two yeah. wires to cross. That's all you needed. That's it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You weren't one of these screw of a truck that used to chuck motorbikes into the back overnight. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm afraid all those things. I'm afraid. Look, totally irresponsible. I, if I were to relate some of the stories, I'd, I'd, I'd just. Be no, no, we don't want you to go back to jail. <laughs> all right. Okay. So you're you're, you're this that's smarty it. pants. You're going to university. You've got a yeah, young wife. Right. You're in the middle of uh, Sydney. You know, Sin City. Things are really great in the seventies. Where did it all go wrong? Well, you know, a Vietnam War and that sort of stuff. Got but you weren't, you, what, you wouldn't have been eligible to be drafted, would you? No, no, no. Well, that wasn't the point. I was a university student in the middle of yeah. protests and things, so that was all part of that uh, that time as well. Yeah, but know? you don't get 17 years for protesting. No, no, no. No. <laughs> No, no, it was part of the part of my being a larrikin, you know, and and, um, and so so I enjoyed all that uh, all that activity as a university student, right. and um, so all part of it, you know, mixed up right. with the right. uh, the students' association and all that right. sort of stuff. So, right. so you know, I enjoyed all that flow, and then and then I thought I'd do a little extra as well. So a I, bit uh, extra was, that wasn't yeah. exciting enough. And what, yeah. what was this little extra that you were? Uh, well, uh, bank robberies. So, uh, bank. Oh, that was very. That, you could do bank robberies in those days. It was very yeah, very. Yeah. You know, you know, shorn off shotgun. You'd walk in, fill up the bag, walk out. Didn't even wear a mask. Didn't even bother. No CCT cameras. Yeah, Yeah. supreme optimist. That's right. That's right. So, how how many, how many did you, how many poor tellers did you frighten to death? Well, you know, look, they they convicted me of one. Oh, well, don't tell us. They convicted you of one. How come you got seventeen years if you're convicted of one? Well, that's right. It was, I was um, I was charged also with um, when they arrested me. The police who who charged me, they um, they said that I I tried to shoot the policeman when when um, when they stopped me and pulled me over. Right. And um, so they actually charged me with attempted murder of the policeman. Right. And um, and then um, then when they hold me up a little later in in the centre of the city, they said that um, they also tried to um, shoot another policeman. Mm-hmm. And so I was charged with um, with, with, with three attempted murders. Yep. Of, uh, police and um, and so uh, although I was acquitted mm. of the charges, um, mm. uh, the judge was. Uh, I don't think he felt very. Uh, no. uh, yeah. So well, no, the thing about getting... Sydney, this was in the seventies, wasn't it? It was. It was a, yeah. The uh, thing about Sydney, as you know, in the seventies, the cops were more crooked than the crooks. Well, that was the point. I mean, that's, yeah. that's exactly why why I was actually able to get off because um, they were so obviously telling lies, and they were able able to be. Uh, luckily, I had a good lawyer and. Mm-hmm. Um, and family helped me as well, and so they were. Um, I was able to push back against the charges, which um, they they made. They told lies. They said that I confessed to doing things and all that sort of thing. But mm, it just, mm. luckily, it didn't hold up. So it was. Otherwise, right. I would have been sitting in the. They, doing they didn't use the old telephone book trick to get you to confess. Uh, well, no, no, no. I, I said nothing. I actually, right. and they all agreed. I said nothing. But they, right. they, but they had two policemen who said that I nodded my head to question. <laughs> And, and nodded my head with the confession that they right, and that and right. they were able to use that as part of the evidence in the trial. So right, was a, look, right. outrageous stuff. Yeah, you realise that today, you, you know, you poor bunnies in the seventies and eighties that used to rob banks. All you got to do now is go on the net and rob millions, and you can get away with it scot free. Yeah.
yeah, yeah. I mean, how things have changed. You don't even have to yeah, go yeah, to a yeah, bank yeah. anymore for a gun. <laughs> well, thanks for you. Much, much better. You know, they much better. You just sit in the, there. you know, you sit in the back room. You steal. A, oh, I don't want to talk about it. It makes no, no, me no, feel no homesick. I'm not encouraging anything like that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't <laughs> do that. That's bad. All right. So, seventeen years. What? Yeah, right. Did you have a parole period, or? Yep, yep. I was uh, had uh, nine, well, eight and a half actually, which ended up being nine and a quarter. Yep. And um, so that I had to serve that right out. But uh, look, at the end, at the end, quite honestly, nine and a quarter years. Um, I, you know, they were, they were sick of me. They 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 were like they expelled me from the prison system. Excuse me, excuse me. You get expelled <laughs> from school, high school, <laughs> and you're expelled from prison. So yeah, nine. No, so. All right. Where, did, where were you sent to prison? They sent some um, initially to Long Bay. I yeah, that's, that was pretty tough. What was that like? Was that like Bogger yeah. Road and Pentridge in those days? That's right. Yeah, same same style. You know, then yeah. the cages, and because yeah. of, I was facing, um, I was facing the capital charges initially. They yeah. put me in cages with all the hard heads from, yeah. from from the very beginning. I was sort of into into those high security areas, and then yeah. slowly they relaxed. Now, let's get back to the high security areas. I mean, you would have been a pretty young boy in those days. So, how did you how did you survive? Well, I was I was actually I was actually quite um, uh, quite fit and strong, so oh, I, wasn't, right. I wasn't vulnerable. I was right. uh, I was able to handle it, and and so I had uh, I had to, you know, mixed up with the lads. So the you know the yep. lads yep. Um, in the cages. You know, if you hold your own, then yep. you know you can end up with a you know nice group around you, and yep. and, um, yep. and you know have fun. You know, not not say have fun. You can um, mm-hmm. you know play football together, and you know and um, you know, I, I shared some cells with some lovely people. I imagine one. Maori boy, one mm. Aboriginal um, guy, and myself had a had a lovely cell. The uh, three of us together, we used to work out in the evenings and mm-hmm. and, um, and laugh and joke and you know, make the best of the, what we had. And what what do the prison guards think of all this frivolity in the middle of a maximum security cage? Yeah, well, no, I mean, look, you know, people make the best they can. No, they wouldn't give us any things like you know, a, a footballs or anything like that. So we would just take our jackets off and yeah. then roll them up in a ball and use the jacket as a as a football and right. and we'd you know, we'd exercise together, run around, right. chase each right. other, find right. ways of um, right. keeping ourselves busy. So um, you know, it, it, it uh, made the best of the time and it was also fair amount of goodwill as well. The right. uh, people were not preying on each other really. There was um, no, right. it does happen, of course, but um, yeah. but you know, in in a in a mainstream um, prison system. Um, you know, there's no, uh, there's, there isn't the tensions that you might expect. Not all the time, depending mm-hmm. on just how you was or how mm-hmm. you behave, and which is the other well, part. Of was it, there, right? was there a type of a hierarchy in the prison system you found yourself in? Uh, yeah, yeah, because there's a hierarchy that, without a question. There is, but um, but that also doesn't mean to say that you know you're preying on other people either. So there's a there's a, um, a sense of contempt for people who are bullies over others, mm-hmm. and there's also levelling as well, where, where if um, a, a, a small, a small person um, uh, feels really threatened. Um, that that small person can can um, be quite a dangerous opponent if they really feel feel that they've got back to the wall. Right. So the real leveler is that is that um, you know, the the skinny guy in the corner can come up with a knife, which is when you're not noticing it, and whoop, that comes, mm-hmm. and um, and the big guy goes down. So there's there's um, a general agreement that so uh, uh, having tension in a prison um, prison yard is a bad thing, mm-hmm. and um, so there's uh, you know people do settle themselves down, and uh, and 
also there's some other um, people who've been around for a while, the older guys, you know, they tend to um, to try to uh, keep the young ones a little bit you know, in line and, and nice. uh, holding certain cultural ideas, which are, you know, mm. which are uh, quite, well, what, quite So useful. what would you call, what would you have called the main prison cultural ideas in, in the 70s and 80s when you found yourself at Long Bay and other prisons? Yeah. Um, look, I think it was. I think the culture was quite a quite a good one. Actually, in fact, within a, within a, um, a few years, within two or three years, I was uh, because of my education, mm-hmm. I had the benefit of being able to able to um, offer um, a little bit to the uh, to others around me. And um, and I was normally I was voted on to the committees. I normally chaired the committees for prisoners, other prisoners, and, mm-hmm. and um, what, what type uh, of committees? What type? So these are these committees that the prisoners themselves organised in terms yeah, of inter- right. well, no, interacting no. with the authorities. Or? Yeah, that's right. That's the idea. That's yeah. the idea. So yeah. when the attention's then there's um, somebody can speak for on behalf of prisoners, right. and so, so normally that would be the case. Uh, I mean, we used to we had a, a major riot in New South Wales in about oh, 70, 1973, 74. Yeah, I remember a that major one. riot. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, and after that, well, we had a riot up in our jail where we were as well, just to follow a few weeks later. Mm. And um, and then the government decided that they'd have to do a bit of negotiation, and they brought the, the commissioner came up to our jail and negotiated with with uh, I was one of the four people who negotiated on behalf of the New South Wales prison system as a prisoner. Right. So that was uh, so that was uh, a, a good role mm. and a um, nice chance to to then have offer a bit of um, a bit of direction to what people are doing, and and so uh, and I maintained that position for the you know remaining probably you know. Seven years or so after that, you know, mm. I always had a role um, in organising with working with other prisoners, um, running court cases, and and you know being a paralegal, learning more about the right, law, right. and so that sort of stuff. Well, that's one thing about being confined; you've got a lot of time for thinking, a lot of time for studying. If you want to go in that direction, yeah, um, if you can, it's if a, you can, simple as that. Though, you know, uh, these days, um, you, um, uh, you know, when I was in jail, I had the chance um, to do a correspondence course. So I was actually mm. able to go. To, to complete my degree, almost complete my degree inside prison. Mm. Whereas these days, you don't have the same opportunity. No, so things like no. correspondence courses mm. um, are not there because uh, uh, everybody's doing things online these days. So, yes. uh, so prisoners actually are in some ways uh, dis, uh, um, disadvantaged by... Yeah, grossly by, disadvantaged. Um, uh, well, I'll, just, I'll just make a community announcement. Get ready to add your support during our annual Radiothon. Stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser, June 2023. To donate, call the station 03 9419 8377 or donate online, 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay tuned, stay radical. Hello. This is a short message from 3CR. We're a community radio station, and right now we're seeking community donations so that we can keep the station going. Please consider what you can donate to help us stay on air. Full details at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Enjoy your podcast. This is Radical Australia and Community 3CR. We're chatting. We don't do interviews. We're chatting with Brett Collins from Sydney, who's had a uh, colourful life. He's he's about to be uh, evicted from uh, what prison? Long Bay initially, but obviously you wouldn't have spent all your time in Long Bay, would you? 
No, not at all. No, they moved me around. I was, uh, I was, uh, I moved, um, moved probably throughout the whole system really. Right. So they're, they're, well, now they've got about thirty-six jails, but they at that stage you probably would have had about maybe twenty. Right. And um, so I was moved around um, um, between the high security units. So as they, as um, things developed, they saw me as being a problem. And yes. so, so I was put. Well, you're a problem there. because you could one, you're a representative, and two, you could actually look at the legal system and find the cracks. Yeah, and those things, and and uh, yeah, I suppose that was the, they were the reasons. I, I mean, at one stage, uh, I, um, a prison officer uh, took me on, and um, in a in a yard, and mm. and um, he, uh, I had laughed at him because a mate of mine had had a, had a fight with him, mm-hmm. and um, he thought he could beat me up, and and didn't, couldn't mm. succeed, and um, they ended up because because um, uh, we ended up having a fight, and I won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he um, he then complained, and I was taken then into high security unit for for quite a period black black cells so mm-hmm. I was um, for quite long periods um, I was in, um, held in in, um, in cells without any light at all mm-hmm. um, so you know periods of 28 days at a time right um, you know quite quite a, um, a, a grounding experience <laughs> mm. uh, obviously uh, was it totally soundproof too or uh, well, it wasn't actually. In fact, the interesting thing is that um, they, what they <laughs> did, they they um, they put um, put a, a Bible inside the inside the cell w- uh, with me each time. So they'd lock you in and put you in a, put give you a Bible there in a black cell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you say, okay, thank you very much. But, <laughs> but in fact. Was, was that was that to be used as toilet paper? Is that what was that? Well, it could have been. No, no, they gave it toilet paper as well. No, oh, right. they, but they took your bedding out, so you had oh, you yeah, lie down. And, uh, so, yeah. so um, but what I found was that if you put your foot against the bottom of the of the steel flange on the bottom of the door mm-hmm. and leant against it, you could just get enough light in, and then as you as you were there for half an hour, an hour, then you could um, surprisingly you could actually read. So. Oh, yeah. um, so I was able to able to um, uh, to, to contend myself in learning um, about Genesis and so you did the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. They, I was. Uh, I mean, the Old Testament is just a chronology <laughs> of crime, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know, I <laughs> you know, when you read it, you think, my God. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> no, no, it was a, it was, um, but it was also a nice exercise in, in, in personal discipline as well. So you, yes. in that process, you really have to learn ways in which you can cope with uh, right. tensions. So yeah. you know, at the end, at the end of it, seriously, after um, after that period of um, nine, well, nine almost ten years in mm-hmm. jail, um, the I, I you're sort of ready to um, accept um, anything that's thrown against you and able yes. to able yes. to you know you're confident. Well, no, not everybody, not everybody survives that, do they? No, no. no. Not, so what made, what 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 made you what made you survive? Was it your education, your background, just? Yeah, I, look, I, I think I think just um, I found that I needed to have personal discipline, so I had no choice but to uh, I had to exercise all the time. I had to, right. um, I, and I had to do that, and I thought that was essential. So you know, for um, for long periods, I was. Um, I, I was terrorised, really. At yes. times, um, uh, they moved me at one stage up to Grafton, which was pretty notorious. Ooh, that was notorious, yeah. Grafton. Yeah. Couldn't get so any they, worse. And, well, they also classified me as, as an intractable as well. Oh, intractable, and, right. And, yeah. So um, they then felt they were able to do whatever they wanted, mm. and um, and so you know, at night they kicked my cell door and and threatened all sorts of threats and things. So it went for oh, about six months. I was sitting sitting there you know, by myself, and mm-hmm. um, 
and so taken out in the yard. You know, I had a yard, but always a yard by myself and, and very isolated. And um, and that really, uh, it, it can be really psychologically disturbing. So mm. um, I had to then learn how to how I could relax. And, and despite right. the, I had to do things like toilet paper in the ears to make sure that any banging wasn't too, wasn't going to affect me. And, mm. and then learn how to relax no matter what. And there mm. a whole lot of mm. um, ways of uh, techniques that's, um, that mm. I was able to learn myself. I, right. I had to um, teach myself about how I could cope and then get really in contact with my body. So it's just an interesting, interesting um, yeah. uh, experience, actually. <laughs> I don't recommend it to people, but I did at the end of it... it no, no, a lot of people... Look, you find people who find themselves in difficult circumstances, and as you know, there are those that collapse and those that actually survive, and there's, there's those that thrive in those circumstances. Yeah, like, uh, you know, at the end of it, I, <clears throat> I had also so much support from other prisoners. So mm-hmm. this, this is, mm-hmm. That was really, in some ways, why I'm still working in the prison movement, and not in some ways, mm-hmm. that is why I'm still working in the prison movement, because I got such, such um, a loyalty from people around me. I had, mm-hmm. at one stage, um, I, I was, um, they threatened me because I was, a, I was a spokesperson for prisoners in Long Bay, mm-hmm. and um, they were going to take me down into, into a special dungeon called Katingle, mm-hmm. and so I climbed on top of the, um, the roof of the jail, I was in in Long Bay, and mm. I remained there for well the fourth day. They dragged me down, and um, and so when when I was dragged down, they strangled me and dropped me off the floor and mm. uh, gave me a um, I was left me unconscious. Yeah. And um, and then when I when I um, when I was locked in on another high security unit, the prisoners then climbed over the over the fences and refused to to um, to return to their cells until they had a delegation come in and see me and make sure I was okay. So um, just um, just to sit in a in a in a high security unit and hear people shouting and yes. cheering and throw and then realising they're doing it for you, you know, oh. ha ha. Yeah. Now that's um, you know that's the sort of thing that um, uh, that uh, uh, mm. makes me want to cry to think about it. Well, that's they, right. It's that solidarity. That solidarity. You, the, the people understood that you weren't acting just for yourself. That you had put yeah, yourself yeah, out for right. them, and yeah, they, yeah, and they right, were showing yeah. their solidarity. That's just extraordinary. So, what year did you leave prison? I left in, in 80, 1980. So how come we didn't deport you? Well, they tried. <laughs> so what? Another whole story, right? Whole Tell story. us about that story. <laughs> <laughs> I had to actually, um, interesting that um, I, I had enough support um, from a whole range of people, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I married a woman who, who was um, the editor of the prison newspaper right. and who then went on to become a senator. And she had so she was a very uh, smart woman. Her mm-hmm. name's Irina Dunn, right. and so and she actually fought like a Trojan for me. And right. uh, and so I had good media, great media support, and so I even got support from the from the ALP when they were in opposition. So they actually right. said that um, I shouldn't be deported. Mm-hmm. Um, I was given um, a, a uh, what you call it, a, like bridging a visa. Bridging for, visa. Uh, yep. And then and then we made a legal mistake, and I ended up um, having to go on the run. Right. Um, I, so I went on the run um, and um, I finally went back to New Zealand um, uh, on the, um, sneaked out, got, mm-hmm. went back to New Zealand. And then while I was in New Zealand, the, um, the uh, government changed and the ALP, um, who had supported me in opposition, then became government. Right. And um, so I went, ho, 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 here we go. Yeah, yeah. Came back into Australia on a, a special permission to come in to argue my own case mm-hmm. and um, got arrested by the state government, held by the federal government, and finally they said, let him go. Right. And so I walked away with a big smile on my face. Yeah, <laughs> have you taken out Australian citizenship? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, totally, you're not oh, silly. Not, not silly, that's right. <laughs> you must have been very pleased with that recent High Court case which said that uh, you can't deny people, you can't, you know, uh, what, exile people who've got Australian citizenship, you know. That was an extraordinary case just recently. Yes, absolutely. No, so when you left prison, um, obviously you had a profile in Sydney, New South Wales, and you came back. Um, how did you earn a crust? Yeah, what was that last one? How uh, did you earn a crust? I earned a crust. Ah, so you, did I go back to armed robberies? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't ask that because obviously <laughs> no, no, no. One, one, one's bitten twice shy as usual most okay. people. Well, look. Well, I came out. I came out with a lot of support. I've been working mm-hmm. hard inside the inside the prison system. Mm-hmm. I had been organising well, and um, and I was seen as being somebody who could contribute outside as well. Right. And so, so that stage, the prisoner movement had a had a halfway house at Glebe. Would you believe Glebe halfway house? Yeah. And um, and so that was. Uh, I we then came into that. I came into that as a as the initially as a person. You know, where else would I go? Go back to the prisoner prisoners action group halfway house, right. and um, within a few months they said, "Come on, you better have a job." And um, so I eventually ended up being um, chair of directors of the company and that sort of stuff, and um, and then worked with um, all these ex prisoners coming in, and so I took that position for uh, about two two and a half years or so, right. and um, and then we began a, a new a new um, uh, enterprise uh, which was is the social enterprise, a printing company. So that's right. where we kicked off. So who began, who, who be, did you begin it or was it ex-prisoners or was it, a, who began this printing company? Well, the, the printing company, well, I was actually, I was the initiator of it. I, I actually did it whilst I was in jail. So we actually, right. um, after the after the deportation and the battle, I came back in. Mm-hmm. We'd had a month um, to remain in jail where I had to serve out a, a contempt of court um, a, a sentence and, and during that period put an application in for a, a new project, right. and which was um, funded then by federal government, who were quite friendly towards me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we ended up with a, a new project which was based upon um, giving employment to ex-prisoners, right. and uh, that was and printing was where it went, and so that's actually been running even even today. I'm still running. Um, I'm still running that business, the printing business, right now, and um, it's part of the way. And it's, a, it's called a social enterprise. Right. So the money from the from the business itself goes straight into into the work we're doing for the prisoner movement. So it's it's called a social enterprise. Like I don't I didn't get paid by it at all. Like these days I'm a, I'm actually a, um, an old age pensioner. Right. <laughs> so I, 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 I but. All the money coming from the from the printing company goes into Justice Action, and that's the organisation that we, we now fund. Right now, how long has Justice Ac- Action been around? Well, it's been really, it's really part of the continuum of the Prisoners Action Group. So it just got rebadged along the way. Right. Um, it did things like the Tim Anderson campaign around the yep. Hilton Hotel bombing. Mm-hmm. It did, so there's a whole continuum of campaigns that went through there. And Justice Action then became the name of the organisation that followed followed the um, the Hilton Hotel bombing campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, and has been running that way probably since I don't know since the uh, eighty about nine, maybe 1990 that sort of time. Yep. And um, and uh, and it still continues. We're running it from the office where I'm just talking to you now. And I'm, right. I'm the coordinator, and so we've been running in that role for a while. We have about uh, probably nine nine volunteers working here at the moment. We have a former barrister who's um, who's uh, who did some time in jail. He's actually uh, working with us for two days a week. We have mm-hmm. people working four days. Some some other people coming out of the out of universities. A number of university students um, working as uh, volunteers with us, and uh, so we have quite a so what type, exactly, just explain to us what type of 
work does uh, Justice Action do today? Well, you know, right at the moment we've we've just succeeded in um, in uh, having a and creating an international instrument. Instrument. So we're talking about something which has a standing internationally um, to give guidance to governments. It's called the it's called the they're opening it up now. It's called the Nairobi Declaration for Detainee Telecommunications Rights. Right. So that is the it was um, initiated in in Kenya. Um, we went there in May, so we're in May. We're talking about maybe six, eight weeks ago, mm-hmm. and so um, so uh, three people from Australia went to went to Nairobi for a conference based on a organisation um, in Washington DC. So this was the ninth conference that they had. That previously had one in in Thailand and Trinidad, Costa Rica, and Geneva, mm-hmm. and they moved it in this time into Kenya. Mm-hmm. So into Kenya. About 100 people came in, and um, and they uh, they then talked about a range of issues. Now, I was given um, the uh, the panel for empowerment of the incarcerated. So a number of other panels, women and human rights and whatever, um, but Justice Action has standing in this conference. So we have they recognise us. We recognise internationally, and and Cures the organisation Cure is the base for the conference. Yeah. Uh, we were at the mm. end of it. We were able to get. Um, Get um, the declaration through, and um, and uh, that's uh, a, a declaration which we then took down to Adelaide um, at another international conference, which was based upon an organisation, would you believe, of prison officers or well, prison prison um, uh, authorities. It's an organisation called the International. Um, uh, uh, um, <laughs> International Corrections and Prisons Association, the ICPA, is right. supposed to be the world-leading um, professional organisation for um, for corrections and prisons, not world-leading. Mm-hmm. And so that went down to Adelaide, and so we went down to Adelaide and then negotiated with all these 300 delegates from all around the world and um, and presented what had happened in Kenya, and we got their support, the support for this um, a very significant um, uh, uh, declaration, which um, which is a declaration about the rights of people inside any place of detention, which includes psychiatric hospitals or youth detention, but prisons mostly. Mm. Um, well, could you give there. us a, a rundown of those rights? Okay, sure. Okay, well, the actual the actual declaration um, it has a bit of a preamble talking about um, the, how important. Um, uh, well, I'll just read a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Preamble it says <clears throat> millions of people around the world are locked in cages unnecessarily isolated from their communities. Their contact with their families and access to legal, health, rehabilitation and education services are restricted due to physical barriers. In the past, those barriers have made such access difficult, impossible or impossibly expensive. The general population now has access to the internet where communication and information is available, often publicly funded for little or no cost. This has disadvantaged detainees as email and websites have displaced letters and correspondence courses. Last paragraph, more and more access to the internet is necessary to function at a basic level, socially, legally, legally and politically. We live in a digital age, but detainees are further disadvantaged by being left digitally illiterate and without the skills to contribute to the welfare of themselves, their families and society at large. And then the declaration, five, five, few, five statements. <clears throat> so all, dead, all detainees have the human right to, one, 
communicate with others through telecommunications, email, messaging, and video calls. Two, express themselves publicly, or the right of expression. Three, receive publicly available information, including but not restricted to legal, telehealth, education, and counselling information. Four, earn payment through services rendered in their private time. Well, that's an interesting term, mm. private time for, for a prisoner. Enabling them to maintain their families, contribute to society, and prepare for release. Last one, five, access such services on the same level of availability and financial basis as water, food, and bedding. Right. Only one problem, Brett. Tell me. One big problem in Australia. There are no human rights in the Australian Constitution apart from the right to, um, uh, you know, religious belief. There's nothing. Whoa. There's nothing. Joe, 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 Joe. No, I'm what? saying it's a wonderful document, but I'm just trying to tell you that constitutionally in Australia, you don't have the right to withdraw your labour. You don't have the right to housing. You don't have the right to security. You know what? how the law has changed over the last 20 years. Yeah, I guess, I guess ex- so. But extraordinarily you know, draconian legislation yeah, we have currently. Yeah, I, I guess so. But but so what what we've found is that um, asserting rights really comes first of all comes it begins at, at feeling as though you're entitled. Yeah, look, I agree with all that. I agree with all good, that. But but good, constitutionally, good, good. as you know, you, there's been yep. there's been high court cases where the high court has found that constitutionally the state can detain people for as long as it's likes. You know, it's um, it's just yeah. extraordinary. How do you think the prison system has changed and how do you think the role of your organisation is changing? Right. Well, I, look, the, the system's got worse. I, I, I don't think there's any question it's got worse. It's got How's worse it got worse? How's it got worse? It's, most importantly, it's got worse because people are in cells for longer. They're, in, uh, so in, they're serving sentences for longer. They used to... When you, when you um, were given a life sentence... Normally, a life sentence you'd be spending would be 14 years. So a standard life sentence is 14 years, and they'd release you. In, in other countries, in places like, for example, um, places in Scandinavia, there is no sentence that's longer than 20 years. They would not do that. Whereas here in Australia, you can be sitting for 30 or 40 years, and, uh, and people regard that as being a reasonable sentence, which, of course, it's not. It, it just, all you're really doing is destroying the person. So, so that's a basic question. That's, things have got worse because people are in for longer. Secondly, they've got worse because people are isolated more. If you go to a third world country and look at a prison in the third world country, you'll find the community and the prison are actually there. There's actually a surprising amount of movement between the community and the prison. Like to an extent that there isn't the same tension between you know, 20 foot high walls and, and some glass between visitors and the prison. There's not that. There isn't that. Because that's a very, um, it's, a, it's a first world country attitude and restricting people down to cells inside dungeons and things. So that's a first world country approach. Third world countries, what they do, they have people together in big, in big, um, uh, big dormitories. But when I went to into Kenya, I went then to a, to a prison in Kenya, which was um, where, where we had easy access to the jail while we were there for the Cure Conference. And there were 2,200 prisoners there. Of them, 1,100 were lifers. 
and they were all walking around all together as a big group together. Um, to us, they had big smiles on their faces, a time of time of greeting to us. There they were, and one of them were younger and older people, and but they just that movement of people be, beside each other, dealing with each other, was remarkable. You would never have that in Australia, never. You'd never have these days. You have sixty people at the most, and together in a in a in a block. And if you had 2,000 people there, they'd be, the, the guards would be freaked out. In Kenya, there was no, no tension like that at all. People were accepting what they were doing. They clearly felt as least, at least that there was a, a measure of, um, of um, human interaction between, between prisoners, first of all, and yeah. between the guards and the prisoners. So but ha- a lot of those things are much worse. What do you think of sentencing laws these days in comparison oh, to... Appalling. The whole approach is so appalling. There's, there's a, look, it's clearly there's an industry out there. There's a very significant industry based upon imprisonment. Mm. And um, so people who have, uh, like you have private companies in Victoria and other states and territories, mm. um, private companies who control the jails and who, who are getting a benefit from it. And no one feels any, it's a, it's a bad thing. No, for heaven's sake, we really, and we are all one community. People make mistakes. They do make mistakes. And there's a chance for people to be taught and learn again. But for kids at the age of um, 18 to be put inside a maximum security prison, to be um, excluded from their family, to and not have easy communication, to not have access to education, to not have someone who's an elder talking with them as well, they're also um, outrageous approaches um, that can only contribute to people staying inside, inside jails for longer. So, 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 so what do you think the role of a, a prison is in the 21st century? I mean, we're told constantly it's about protecting the community. It's not about punishment. It's about protecting the community and that re-education is the key. Uh, is, is, this, is this all propaganda? Yeah, of course it is. Because there's not even a question about that. The, the whole the whole system itself is set up to fail. When you realise with with kids, I mean, some of these statistics are really so. Um, yeah. so Give us surprising. some of these statistics that are horrifying. Well, I mean, look. One thing I like this is what I really like. We're rich. We've got a lot of money. Yep. Oh, come on, Beth. That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. Every kid in detention costs five hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. Did you hear that figure? Over over half a million, million a year. You could put the, you could put them up in a four star hotel with a prison oh. guard outside, and you'd still get change. That's right. And then, but then the other thing about it is that the kids, sixty percent of them, return within two years. So there's total failure. Nothing, nothing positive there at all. But you have all these psychiatrists and psychologists and a whole lot of so-called experts hovering around mm. and get doing, doing very well. Thank you very much. Big smiles on their faces while the kids are locked in their cells sometimes for twenty hours a day. So that's all outrageous yeah. behaviour. Yeah, I think what a lot and of people then, forget. Yeah, what they forget is that. Uh, Although a prison may be run by the state, most of the services are outsourced to private companies. Yes, and making money from it yeah, too. The, yeah, the whole yeah. the whole system fails, and I don't mm. think there's any question about that these days. People are accepting that, that imprisonment is not working. Um, in the US now, they're reducing imprisonment, mm. and uh, and the statistics about like and um, problems about recidivism. <laughs> they use the term. The concern is now resettlement, <laughs> acknowledging that there's a real problem, and not in the fact that people um, are um, um, removed from the, from the community, but the problem is getting them back into the community. <laughs> so what's, 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 what's justice now? Um, have you got any ideas regarding uh, improving the system or do you think it's beyond uh, of course. improvement? Well, look, 
we look, we work on quite a few different levels. I mean, if, if nothing mm. else, what we do is we make sure we're close to people. Right. So we have we have letters coming in from all over the um, from prisons everywhere. We have um, uh, families who are communicating with us, so we're hearing all the time. Mm. And we, as the letters come in, we we scan them all, collect them all, tag them with issues, and make sure we know what's actually going on. So we, of course, return them. We, we reply to letters. Yeah. That's the starting point. But what we what we're trying to do under it all is get the voices of the prisoners themselves out there. Now, what we've achieved here in, here in New South Wales, and is happening increasingly in other states and territories, is we've had a, getting access to the computers and to cells, which right. means people are able now to talk in their cell directly to prisoners and have access to, to their families um, uh, for long periods. So whilst you're in a cell, as long as you can afford to pay for it, uh, proviso, you now have access to your family up to 10 o'clock at night and in the morning as well. You, have a, you, you also have access to, um, to whitelisted websites on the, on, the, on the computer tablets or computer on the laptops. Mm-hmm. So that's happening for every prisoner here in New South Wales. And I was speaking to a prisoner there in, in, um, in South Australia, so in, in um, Victoria, uh, there on last Friday, who's, um, who's in a high-security unit at Barwon, and um, he has access to a laptop in his cell. He actually doesn't have access to the internet, but he's actually doing doing illegal material with his with his computer in his cell. And there's a high energy man who's fully um, engrossed in what he's doing. So that, that that is now will be a game changer where people will have a chance to express who they are, and and then will be seen by others outside as not being the the danger that they otherwise stereotypically are. So yeah. I was actually, I, w- I went in as a, as a um, really, uh, you know, relatively, uh, uh, you know, fresh young man. Mm. And, um, and I discovered there were some lovely people in there. You know, some of my best friends are still ex-prisoners. I spoke to one today I haven't spoken to for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he's coming to have a drink with us on Friday night. And he's a lovely man. And um, have a, they have a lot of things to contribute. So to spend money um, re- removing them from the community is quite wrong. They can make a mistake no matter whatever. They can do something horrible. But they should also be recognised as being still a community member who have got functions already in the community, and they clearly need somebody beside them, whatever that is. It could be, should be, um, peer mentor or mm-hmm. somebody who's trained with experience, and um, and also who's trusted by the person. And they then they can work together to some positive thing and make a contribution instead of um, instead of uh, draining um, the, the public person becoming right. excluded in the process. Now, look, if people, we've actually run out of time, believe it or not, Brett. I know okay. you, th- you okay. can't believe it. 56 minutes have gone but if people want to learn more about what you're doing are there any websites or phone numbers you're willing to give over yeah, there? Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, the easiest thing is to use the Justice Action website. It's just um, www.justiceaction.org.au. That's the easiest thing. And it comes and we can, you know, any, when he wants to send a, an email or whatever, they can do that. Or, or send, if you're listening in a jail, you could send it to our post, post office box, PO Box 386 Broadway. So PO Box 386, Broadway, New South Wales, 2007. And some anybody writes letters, and we always respond to the letters and, and give them our best. We're actually all volunteers, like I'm a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we give our best. And we, we also, you know, we focus on doing things. You know, we just as action, not just as inaction, lie, lie down and do nothing and talk rubbish. Right. Right? Yeah. We want yeah. to do things, and we are doing things. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and um, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can do. 
Right. Now, Brett Collins, I'd like to uh, thank you for uh, talking to us over the last hour or so. I'd also okay. like to thank Kelly Whitworth, our producer, for uh, digging you out of the uh, the barrel we have here in the corner. I um, mean, she finds some fascinating guests for us every week, but the important thing is on Radical Australia, we want people to learn and we want people to understand what's happening around them, and it's great to uh, have been able to talk to you. And obviously, I'll, I'll put you in for an order of Australia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think so. I don't think that's going to happen, Larry, but uh, I'm having fun anyway, the same as you guys are. That's All the nice. best. Thank you very much. Okay. Say hello to everybody okay. for us Kelly down you. there. Thanks that's so that's much, beautiful. Brett. Okay. Kelly, Kelly. Bye. See okay. See you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Wondering how to pay your donation to 3CR Radiothon? It's easy. You can pay online at 3cr.org.au or call us any weekday with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash or card. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay tuned. Stay radical.
you enjoy listening to that podcast? 3CR is a community radio station, and you, the listener, are a part of that community. Right now, it's our Radiothon. We need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donations really matter.